You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Well, I'm glad to know you stand. I haven't asked that, and I'm glad you did, preacher, because that's all my ministry. We've had people stand for the reading of the Word of God, if they can stand. Uh, when you get as old as some of us, like Brother Angel and I, it's kind of hard to stand very long. But anyways, uh, I appreciate that. I too want to say thank you to all of you who had us in your homes to eat food and fellowship. And if I kind of got off course and said something dumb, uh, call my wife. She'll help straighten that out, all right? But I sure appreciate it, appreciate all you've done, all the hard work. And as a pastor for all those years, I know that the ladies are the, normally the one, the men come in and everybody gets to be a part of it. The young people are a part of it. And uh, just want to say thank you for that. You've made it a lot easier for somebody to come in uh, and not knowing everybody. And you've made it as if it, it, you seem like my family, okay? And I appreciate that more than you know. Take your Bible this morning. And uh, Brother Angel did an outstanding job, as always. And uh, thank you, Brother Angel. And uh, uh, want to see God just do something in your heart. Not just have another meeting, but do something in your heart that'll make you a better Christian. And you've heard about the family, a better mother, a better father, a better son, a better daughter. And, uh, and, and faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, especially in these days in which we live. Psalm 37, if you will. Psalm 37, that's where we'll begin. We'll actually move over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 a little bit later. But I want to just give you a practical uh, uh, message this morning if I can. So if you'll go ahead and stand, we'll read from Psalm 37. And, uh, and it's a powerful psalm. We cannot ever uh, uh, get everything we want here. But I, I, it's an outline that's already outlined in your Bible. You may have had it preached to you before. Uh, but I just want to use it as a beginning point here in Psalm 37. Verse number 1, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord, do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. That's usually the one that captures the attention right there. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. I want to take that portion of Scripture and you'll understand hopefully in the next few minutes uh, where I believe God would have us to go today. And I just simply entitled the message, The One Ingredient Our Life Cannot Do Without. The One Ingredient Our Life. I'm talking about as children of God right now that we cannot do without. Father, we love you. Thank you for the privilege and honor to be in this good church with this good pastor and his family and the church family. Lord, they've been so good and so kind. They feel like our own church family. And so, Lord, I want to be a blessing and a help today. I don't want to get up and just holler a little while. I don't want to get up and just spend time wasting uh, 45 minutes or so. I want to be a blessing to them, Lord. And you're going to have to work through me. You're going to have to keep me saying that which is unnecessary so we can say that which is the important message of this hour. 
Lord, we love you. Thank you for what you've already done and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake only we ask it all. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I could spend a lot of time talking about every single verse in this psalm here, and most especially the first seven verses. But I want to talk about that one ingredient our life cannot do without and, and get to the very essence of what I believe the Lord would have us to have today. All of us here this morning, if we have been born again, we came about it the same way. There's only one way, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8, and 8 through 10, do not turn there. Just listen for a moment. The Bible said, let me just remind you, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Then he goes on to say, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works. Now that's a message in itself. Uh, you've heard about working this morning, but boy, working in the church, everywhere you can work, soul winning, anything, kind of like you're doing out there, you're working and you like a bunch of bees around a hive of honey right now as I see you working around there and you're eating the candy and stuff as you go along as well. The Bible goes on to say, not of works as any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God before ordained that we should walk of them. Every one of us, who have been saved, have been saved in the same manner. You understand it's a heart decision. It's not a mind decision, even though you make up your mind to do it. It's an inward thing. And if you're here this morning and you do not know Christ as your Savior, don't do like I did. Don't hang around the church for a long time thinking you were saved, wasting all that time where you can't understand the Word of God, you can't discern the Word of God. By the way, until you get born again and the Holy Ghost gets in you, you cannot discern the Word of God. You're wondering why you don't understand what you read or why you don't understand what you hear preached. It may very well be the absence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Absence of God uh, uh, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in you that allows you to understand, allows you to grow in the things of God. You've got to understand that. But we're all saved the same way. And when we got saved, we became the temple of God. Is that not something to you? Every time I think about that, it's just something. Temple of God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now hang on now, if you're saved, in us. Think about that. You walked in here this morning with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and you got God the Word in front of you. How much better does it get as a child of God? And now, according to Paul's letter in Galatia, uh, there in Galatians 2.20, don't, don't turn there. Listen, he, said, I, listen, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Oh, don't miss this one either. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't know about you, but just reading these verses and going back over them, that many of those we know, by the way, don't, don't, don't take them for granted. Just because you know it or just because you memorize it. Stop and think about that. You're here today and, and, and we're, we're talking about God. We're talking about his book. We're talking about things he wants to see in our lives. And yet he's here walking. How many of you say, say amen? He's walking with you. He's walking in you. 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And it don't get any better than that. I could not make it in my Christian life. I could not make it as a pastor or a preacher of the gospel had I not been able to learn and know that. Learn your Bible. Don't just read through it. I'm for reading through it. My wife's beating me all the time reading through the Bible. But I, I'm telling you right now, stop and listen to your preacher. Stop and listen to your teacher, young people, and learn what you're reading and what you're hearing. Wow. I don't know about you, it, 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 with him in me like that, working in my life, it, it does something to me every time I think about it, every time I get involved in the work of God. We are to submit ourselves to him every day, anew and afresh. Somebody said, uh, do I need to do that every morning? Every morning. Get up, find you a portion of scripture you can read, find you a little time on your knees, but uh, get into the book of God and, and listen to me, get close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you're here this hour and, and you are saved, and uh, we have to make a daily decision, ladies and gentlemen, to possess what God wants for us. What do you mean, preacher? In order to present our lives to him, we've got to do it in a way that's convincing. Now, he knows our heart and he knows our way. But I'm not talking about convincing him. I'm talking about convincing you, convincing me in my own life where others can see Christ in me or see what the Lord does to an old lost sinner like me that God saved all these years ago. And when I think about that, I thought about a word that this is, my, this is my, what I want to do for the next little bit. I know I'm getting in a hurry, but stay with me. I want to preach on the word, the, the thought, the intent of the word determination. Determination. And Paul uses that in his writing. We'll go there in just a moment. In fact, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 while I'm finishing up here. Determination in my life, and I don't want to get involved in my life where I've come from, but everything I did, military, in the business world, uh, uh, and then certainly in the ministry, I learned that determination is a great factor in how you accomplish things. If you don't have self-determination or inward determination, you're going to be in trouble in your Christian walk. You're going to be in trouble in anything you do in this world in which we live. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I, I, I just, it's powerful, but I want you to listen to it for just a moment here. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, and look down at verse number 1 there. Paul said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech. Boy, we can talk about that a lot too. Or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. I love this. For I have determined, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. He had already made up his mind, the Apostle Paul. He had already determined in his heart that everything he did was going to include Christ in everything that he said, everything that he did, everything that he prayed over, everything that he accomplished in life would have God's uh, fingerprints all over it. Now listen to me. Listen to me. You and I need the same thing this morning. A few verses down from there, he, he talks about encouragement. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10. Listen to this one. But it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which, he hath, which he hath, uh, God hath prepared for them that love him. How many of you love the Lord? Say amen. amen. You need to be careful how you answer that because we all, when you ask that question, preachers, we always get the same answer. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. Go ask... Uh, uh, the Lord, how Peter responded in his little conversation there in the book of John. Amen. I mean, he had to dig it out of him. 
He did. When he dug it out of him, he got that love question settled with Peter. What did God do? He handed the keys to Peter, and Peter went about uh, building, helping to build the, the first church that we know anything about uh, uh, there in the book of Acts. But he has to give his heart, the desire of his heart, the determination of his life. It is written, I have not seen nor heard, neither thinner into the heart of man the thing which God prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us. Listen, by his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. God is so good to us. He's good to us to reveal his will, to reveal his way for our lives, to reveal how we're to walk in that, in, in, in that way to reveal his word so that we have the content and the things needed to carry on that kind of life. Go back to Psalm 37 for a moment. Psalm 37 again. Here's one of the key words here as we move along. Psalm 37 verse number 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee, what's the next word there? The desires of thine heart. Understand, God wants to bless God wants to have your life, uh, listen to me, uh, in, in a place where he can use you at a moment's notice. He wants you to understand that uh, we are to delight ourselves in the Lord. We are to desire the things of God and God will commit to it. God will bring it to pass in your life. Whatever that need may be, whatever that life may be that, that he may call you into. It may be your Sunday school class. It may be the bus ministry you work on. It may be some other area of the church. Uh, just maybe a servant of God. You need to understand that you and I need to have a desire. We need, to, we need to be determined that we serve the Lord His way, not our way. When I look at that little outline there in Psalm 37, I jotted some words down, and you can jot them down if you want. It's a basic outline for anybody who can see it here. Number one, verse one, fret not thyself. Simply, if you have studied that, you'll find out God wants us to have patience. He wants us to have patience with Him, uh, uh, patience with one another, patience in our work and our walk with God. But then He said in verse 2, trust in the Lord. And there's the answer. There's the key. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. My wife's last verse is uh, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thy own understanding. He says, in all thy ways, listen to now, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That's pretty much what it's telling us here. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Look at verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord. I don't know about you, but I get excited about just being able to be in church and serve the Lord and go soul winning and mess with people's minds when I'm out there, amen, and then get to the point before you leave to tell them about the person who changed your life, to tell them about Christ Jesus. You know, you want to build a church. You want to live for God. You want to do it His way. You want to have that desire, and I'm headed somewhere here in a moment with that, but have a desire there, but listen to me. Get excited about it. God's more excited about it than you are. But he wants you to get as excited about it as he is. And it's going to take you to just kind of hone in on uh, the truths in the word of God. Now, having said that, here's where I want to go. Desire produces determination. Write that down somewhere. Desire produces determination. Any walk of life for that matter. But when it comes to the work of God, if you have the desire Listen to me, it will produce within you, if you're a child of God and living right, determination. You know, when you and I are truthfully and faithfully 
in a place that we desire uh, what the Lord desires, it's amazing what God does through your life and my life. You know, no matter how many bumps are in life's road, boy, when I, I wrote this down and we're going through, we've talked about it, the preachers have dealt with it, but listen to me, no matter how many bumps in life's road or obstacles that are in our way, if you will, and I, I, I put the whole list down here, politics, he realized that Biden just appointed the first transgender person to an office at the White House, read that last night. Did you hear what I, I mean, this is in our politics, if you call it that. But politics gets in the way. COVID is certainly in the way. Satan is always in the way. The world's condition is failing. Finances always seem to work around and get in the way. By the way, you'll not have to worry about finances, however, if you're tithing. Say, I believe God. And I try God. I sure like the outcome of that because you can't outgive God. You've heard these preach, uh, uh, people preach this. But I like that. I like that. When you tithe, he opens up, help me out, opens up the windows of heaven. Is that in y'all's King James Bible? Amen. He opens up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that you'll have not room enough to receive it. And, and then when you read a little bit farther there, he even devi- uh, 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 rebukes the devourer, the devil, from off your life. You know why? Well, the devil's hanging around me is because you're inviting him in sometimes. I like that tithing stuff. I do. Not just for preaching. I like it because God has never, ever let me down. God has always outgiven me, and he will always outgive you if you'll give what belongs to him. Amen. Yeah, I had to throw that in. That's just preaching there. You and I need to be careful not to allow anyone or anything to stop us from achieving what we truly desire in our heart, what God truly desires from our life. You know, there are several stories and examples in Scripture. Of course, David's one of those that show forth determination. One that would be familiar to all of us would be the Apostle Paul, however. Go ahead and turn over to Acts chapter number 9. Acts chapter 9. Boy, God's good. I needed God this morning. I needed Him before I ever got up here. Of course, I need Him every day, but I just needed to, 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 to feel Him and feel the touch of Him and, and I do this morning. Acts chapter 9, verse 1, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. you got to understand that Paul was not always Paul. He was Saul. You got to understand he was no better than ISIS that we always talked about in the Middle East at the time that he was unsaved. He was bringing Christians in, imprisoning them, putting them to death. Hello? Y'all believe your Bible? And I'm talking about a man like that will be locked up and put in jail, put under the jail, chained until he just body rotted away. But that's not what God thought. God said, you know what, that man in his lost condition is more determined than some saved people. And he said, you know what I need to do to change all that? I just need to knock him down a little bit, blind him a little bit, and, and then give him his sight back and give him a new name. And he become one of the greatest preachers of, the, of, the, uh, of Christianity for that matter. 
Do you realize God can do that with you, young men? Young ladies, you can't preach. I say that and I'm kind of chuckling because my wife preaches to me all the time. But she understands that it's only my preaching that counts, amen? But what I'm saying is God's looking for some Apostle Pauls. He, he's looking for some, yes. He's looking for some Timothys. He's looking for some young ladies and young men who will give everything they've got to the Lord and allow God to work through their life. Boy, this gets even better here. Watch now. Look down, if you will. Let's just read a little bit farther here. Uh, verse 3 says, He journeyed, he came near to Damascus. Suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And you know the rest of the story. And here the rest of the story is when Paul finally became Saul, as you read down through, we could not be able to read all the story or the next chapter. But Paul had the same Lord that you and I have this very morning. God had others there, listen to me, to minister unto Saul when it was needed. And Saul listened. One of them we know, uh, Barnabas, and I think Barnabas had a great deal of, of influence in the Apostle Paul's life. A child of God before Paul, and God brought him a leader, and I guess he felt like he was a leader with the Romans and the whatever, and he brought him into to Christianity, but... But uh, uh, I'm telling you, Barnabas was a great help to bring him along as well. By the way, I just said that and put a little note here. Young men, you've got some men in the church that are, that, that, that are leaders, that are godly, and you need to learn from them. But can I challenge you to be careful not to learn from the wrong ones? Not every man in the church is where they need to be. Ladies, same thing with you. You need to find some strong Christian ladies who believe God, who live for God, not just any lady, not just somebody you want to get around. You can pray for them. You can encourage them. You can even fellowship with them. But be careful how uh, you, you listen to them. Be careful what you hear and what you see. And, and uh, just be careful in that area. That's something that just came up right then. Saul, who sought Christians to be in prison, is now wanting Christians to be saved. Look, look, listen to me. This is so amazing. Look at verse 3 there in Acts chapter 9. Uh, uh, and, and, and listen to me. Or, or excuse me, go to Romans chapter 9. I didn't even turn the page here. I'm sorry. Romans chapter 9. I'm getting too big of a hurry here. Romans chapter 9. God good, isn't he? They have to keep telling me that so I can get on the line here. Romans chapter 9 and... Uh, Look down at verse number 3. It says, For I, Paul speaking, he said, For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Paul said, You know what? I'd be willing to give up my salvation, if you will. I'd be willing to give up what I've got for my brethren. Look at chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Listen to that. Here's a man of God that was putting Christians to death and God saved him, gloriously saved him, gave him a calling upon his life. He immediately went to work for God. Now he's praying for his brethren. He's praying for all those that are lost. He wants everybody to be saved, even his own. By the way, it ought to be our, our desire as well. must be our life this hour to have the same determination that Paul had. Paul was determined. The psalmist was determined. But the question is, are we determined? 
Are we determined to live and maybe even die the same way that others have died for the faith in delivering the gospel? What will be the story of Heritage Baptist Church in the days, weeks, and months ahead? What will be the story of individuals who make up this good church personally and collectively? Will it be a story remembered? Will it be a story revisited? And will it be a story revised? And what I mean by that is somewhere along the line we've got to strengthen things. Somewhere along the line we've got to make some changes in our own life so we can become better servants, better soul winners, better separate, listen, separated Christians in this nation and world in which we live. The future. You know, regardless of difficulty, problems, trials, setbacks, etc., uh, uh, Paul also finished strong, and he teaches us to do the same thing, to finish strong and finish faithful. No matter how many obstacles stand in our way, from this day right here forward, listen to me, we need to be sure that we don't let Satan get a hold of our ears. And we make sure that Satan be getting a hold of our ear doesn't get a hold of our minds and cripple our, our faith or cripple our way of thinking because he can and he will. And you've got such a good thing going here. And listen to me carefully. I, I, you know, it's, it's just something you've got to do. You've got to determine in your own heart and mind. There's a song we used to sing in, in the 70s, Miss Audenauer youth pastor and youth pastor's wife. Actually, until I finished Bible college, I couldn't call myself a youth pastor. I was called youth director and chief cook and bottle washer and bathroom cleaner and whatever else the preacher wanted me to do. But I had a little song we sung. You may have even picked up over in the youth department, some of you oldies but goodies out there. I am determined I've made up my mind. I'll serve the Lord. I'll leave this world and its pleasures behind. I'll serve the Lord. I'll follow wherever He leads me. I'll labor wherever He needs me. I am determined. I've made up my mind. I'll serve the Lord. You know, you've heard this stated before, but I wrote it down. I am only one, and you're only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I ought to do. And what I ought to do, and by God's grace, I will do. You know, when I wanted to give up from time to time in my Christian walk and you've been in the ministry or been in the walk of God and the church of God and serving God, there have been times where you got a little bit just, you know, kind of ready to give up. You don't want to do that, but you get to that area. But when I wanted to give up, I wrote this thing down. I've had them for years and jotted them down again last night. I put it on another piece of paper here. And When I wanted to give up and give in in my Christian life or ministry, determination is what helped me. Going back over the Word of God, going back over the things that God allowed us to do in our ministry, in our life, determination helped me to get control. You know, when times like that come, uh, 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 I get ready to give up, God told me to get up. You know, sometimes when you get down, you just need to get up. 
You can get down and, and on your knees in prayer, but get up in spirit and get up in your walk with God and your life with God. Get into the Word of God. Find encouragement there. But God told me to get up. And by the way, when I wanted to give up, God told me to stand up. Well, there's a lot of scriptures on the stand, amen? And we need to stand up and stand strong. By the way, if you don't have tracks in your pocket as a child of God, shame on you. Yeah, I've got some of you trying. Here I go. I'll say I do. I had them. I got them somewhere. Anyways, I handed them out to the motel this morning. It's amazing the, the response you get. You know? And then when you try to explain it to them a little bit, they're going, you know, hey, but you're not responsible for that. You're responsible for witnessing to people, handing out the gospel, and letting God do the rest. Amen. People used to do that to me before I got saved, especially in the military, you know, and, and uh, try to give me gospel tract. And I did the same thing then. But I sure am glad one day I took one. Amen. It had Trinity Baptist Church, Grand Prairie, Texas on it, Dr. Tom Heath, pastor. My wife and I started going there. And when we started going there, we started hearing the gospel preached. And, man, he'd get up there and act like he's mad at everybody. I mean, he was slinging snot and, and water or sweat or whatever. And I'm thinking, the man doesn't lost his mind. But that's the kind of preachers we need. As long as they got the truth, they can slobber all they want to, spit all they want to. Because I'm going to tell you what it did. He got a hold of this old sinner. When I was that youth director, I was lost. My wife was lost. My wife grew up Catholic. I grew up, believe it or not, got, supposed to have gotten saved in that little in, in that independent Baptist church when I was a little four-year-old boy, four-and-a-half-year-old boy. And none of that ever settled in. And Boy, I, can't, I just remember getting saved, coming down. You, back, you know, back when they had the Awana program, I may have mentioned this already, but back when they had the Awana program, way back in the very beginning in the 70s, and uh, we'd gotten through with all the kids out there, two busloads of them, and, and, and I just was under conviction. And I walked down into my preacher's office down in the other building, and I walked in, and I said, Brother Heath, you're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. I don't think I'm saved. I was scared to death. I, I thought he was thinking, say, well, you're not going to be my youth director anymore. He said, well, Brother Buster, and that was my name growing up. Carl was my given name. But anyhow, he said, Brother Buster, you know what to do, don't you? And I said, Preacher, I know the Romans Road. I know these scriptures, those scriptures. And I, but, I, you know, when you're high school boys, know more than you do about the Bible. There's something wrong with that. Uh-huh. And so I, he said, well, let's kneel right here. There's two chairs, just almost identical, sitting in front of his desk. And we knelt there. And in the next 15 minutes, I was born again. Amen. And look, I have never ever doubted it since that day. Amen. And I started to be able to understand the Word of God. Next Sunday was in the book of Matthew. Next Sunday I went in there and, and, and they had to toot the whistle two or three times to get me to quit. Everybody else already gone to the auditorium. I'm still in there teaching. You said, why was that? Because I started to learn something and I could understand something and God used that. And, and hey, listen to me. Some people in here this morning, you're not saved. There's going to be a lot of so-called Christians go to hell sitting in church. You're not fooling God. You're really not fooling any. You're certainly not fooling yourself. How about this be the day of your salvation? So well, I'm just fearful or whatever. Yeah, that's the devil. That's your flesh. 
But God would have you to be saved. What if the Lord came back right now? Trump of God sound, the voice, the shout, the voice of the archangel, and, and the rapture took place. There's going to be a lot of people sitting in church I'm waving at on my way up. I don't mean that lightly. I'm serious. Are you one of those? Could this not be the day of your salvation where you never have to doubt it again? It's so, and preachers, there's so much involved. There ain't anything involved except believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And what you do is you confess your sin before God. You don't have to list a whole aurora uh, uh, of sins. You just confess your sin uh, before the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask Him to come into your heart. Ask Him to save you. I got news for you. He'll save you just that immediately. Amen. And by the way, never, never doubted it since that day. Some of you are still doubting it. There's two reasons for that. Number one, you're not saved. Number two, you're living like you're not saved. And it bothers you a lot. Yeah, Amen. But God tells me as a Christian, I go back here, I got away from that, but God said, get up, stand up, grow up. He also told me once in a while to shut up. And I thought that was kind of strong because my mama told me never to use that kind of language. And he said, did God use it? Well, I thought he did, but he may not have verbally or loudly said it, but I felt it anyways. You know why? Because the time to go up hadn't come yet, but it is coming. So what is this determination? And then we got to go eat some food here in just a minute. Determination is a direction to a certain end. And Paul wrote it many, many times. But he said, For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He had determination in his heart and his life. His life was it. He said, I've kept the faith. I've, I've finished. I've kept the faith. Determination. Determination. God wants you and I to live by determination to to. to Fulfill the Word of God to get to that end that He wants us to get to, and by the way, that we should desire to get to. J.C. Penney, uh, uh, by the way, shut a lot of those stores down, but a very successful businessman, as many of you might already know, from his own testimony was a Christian and spoke of determination over and over in his writings. He said, if I could get a message over to the youth of this country, it'd be that success in life does not depend on genius. He said, any young man or lady for that matter with ordinary intelligence who is morally sound and above board in their dealings and not afraid of work will succeed in spite of obstacles and other handicaps. If he or she lives the life given them fairly and squarely and keeps everlastingly at it. That's from a businessman, Christian businessman. He went on to say the possibilities before each one are measured by determination, which is that which is to be within you. Determination will spark intent. And there ought to be an intent in our life as we serve the Lord. Boy, I wish I could spend a lot of time here. Determination sparks intent. It also sparks decisive decisions. Paul said, I have finished my course. Determination is perseverance, staying with it, period, staying power. Perseverance is being strong and strong-willed in the Lord till it gets done. Perseverance is having backbone as a child of God. And sometimes determination is just plumb stubbornness. 
which most of us have a lot of. But you know what it produces? You know what determination produces? Staying power. I've had people say, Preacher, have you stayed faithful all these years? Staying power. Where does it come from? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. And being obedient and faithful and understanding those things and working with Him and working on them through my life. And you, you same way with you. Well, I'm going to stop here, but let me just go ahead and share this with you. Let me show you the power of determination. You may have known this. There was a little country schoolhouse heated by an old-fashioned pot-bellied coal stove. A little boy had the responsibility of coming to the school early every day. Old farmhouse, or old schoolhouse. And to light the fire and warm the room before his teacher and his classmates arrived. He's faithful with it every day. One morning they arrived to find the schoolhouse was engulfed in flames. They dragged the unconscious little boy out of the flaming building more dead than he was alive. He had major burns all over the lower half of his body. He was taken to the nearby county hospital and there from his bed, the dreadfully burned, semi-conscious little bitty boy, he faintly heard the doctor talking to his mother. The doctor told his mother that her son would surely die which was for the best because it had ravaged his body, devastated the lower half of his body completely. But that little brave boy didn't want to die. He made up his mind. He determined that he would survive. Somehow, to the amazement of the doctors and the others, he did survive. When the pressing mortal danger of his past he had to live with, listen to me, he told his mother, the doctor told his mother he'd never walk again. It would have been better had he died. He was doomed to a lifetime as a cripple with no use of these limbs anymore. But once more, the little brave boy made up his mind, determination. He made up his mind that he would not be a cripple. He made up his mind and fought it, and he said, I will walk. But unfortunately from the waist down there as they looked upon him he had no motor ability whatsoever. His thin legs just dangled there all but lifeless until he released, was released from the hospital and every day his mother would massage his little legs. But there was no feeling, no control, nothing. Yet his determination that he would walk again was stronger than ever. When he wasn't in bed he was confined to a wheelchair. But one sunny day, his mother went to look for him and wheeled him out into the yard to get some fresh air. And that day, instead of sitting in the chair, he threw himself on the ground. He pulled himself across the grass, dragging his legs behind him. He worked his way to the white picket fence that bordered that yard, that lot there. And with great effort, he raised himself up to the fence. Then, stake by stake, he began to drag himself along the fence line. Always thinking in his heart and mind, he, he writes a lot about this later, that he would defeat this. He did this every day until he wore a smooth path across that yard. Determination. There was nothing he wanted more than to develop life in those legs once again. Would to God that were, we had Christians who had that 
type of determination that no matter what, I'm going to serve the Lord. That no matter what, I'm going to be on soul winning. That no matter what, I'm determined to be the best Christian man, woman, boy, or girl I could ever be, regardless. Ultimately, through his daily massages, his positive attitude, his iron persistence, if you will, his resolute determination, he did develop the ability to stand up, then to walk, haltingly for a while, but to walk, then to walk by himself, and then to run. Yeah. He began to walk to school, then to run to school, then to run for sheer joy of running just to be able to run, and later in college, determination. Later in college, he made the track team. Still later in Madison Square Garden, this young man who was not expected to survive, who would surely never walk again, who could never hope to run, this determined young man, Dr. Glenn Cunningham, ran the fastest, world's fastest mile ever. Are you listening? We went through that story in a hurry, but he was totally and completely crippled. You think maybe if God could heal that physical body enough for that guy to run the fastest mile, that through the determination of you and I as children of God, that God could do some miraculous things in our life, through our life, for our Lord, for our church, for our youth department. Are you listening? Oh, there's so much to be taught here, and I can't go any farther. But determination. Determined. Like that little song. I am determined. I've made up my mind. I'll serve the Lord. No matter what. No matter how you feel. There'll be bad days, but I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father, God the Son are in you. They're wanting to get up. They're wanting to go soul winning. They're wanting to be in church. They're wanting to tithe. They're living in you. And we need to give them that opportunity to raise us up. We may not run the fastest mile. That'll never happen in my lifetime. But I can be faithful and obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the church for which he died and bled for. And so can you. Find some way of finding scripture. Study the word determination, which gives you intent to be faithful and dedicated. Are you all listening? To the Lord Jesus Christ. Who, by the way, it's all about anyways. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.